Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ as we gather in worship. It's good to see all of you here this morning along with those who joined us online. If you've been with us over the past weeks, you know that our fall emphasis is multiply. And the featured biblical stories are teaching us the new math of God's kingdom. Divine grace multiplies in human lives with miraculous results. God has blessed us and calls us to respond in turn. Today's sermon is titled, Oil and Flour. Our scripture lesson comes from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. If you can't find 2 Kings in your Bible, it is right next to 1 Kings. Uh, listen closely for God's word. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your son's. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Amen. This week, I created a list of things that people should do, but often neglect. Daily flossing. Weekly exercise. Annual checkups. We really should balance all of our bank accounts monthly, change out our furnace filter quarterly, and as we're anticipating daylight savings time ending next week, change your smoke detector batteries semi-annually. I could also come up with a list of things we ought to do as Christians for our spiritual health, but we often neglect. John Wesley called these means of grace, spiritual devotions that help bring us closer to God. And you could make the list as easily as me. It includes familiar practices like prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, meditation, fasting, service, witness, it is a strange quirk of fallen human beings. We don't do the things that are good for us, and the very things that are bad for us we embrace. The Apostle Paul addressed this proclivity when he said, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the very bad I do not want to do I keep on doing. And the result is that oftentimes we miss God's blessings in our lives. The Lord wants to change and transform us. It turns out, all we have to do is ask. 
Several years ago, I preached a series of sermons on the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, which stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And over the years, I've found it to be an amazing model both for personal devotion and prayer as well as for corporate worship. The A in Acts is for adoration. We praise God for who God is. We've gathered here in this space, and we have praised God through silence, prayer, songs, liturgy, and more. The C in Acts is confession. When we come into God's holy presence... Our own sinfulness is all too evident, and the Holy Spirit calls us, convicts us, and forgives us. We claim that wonderful verse in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The T in Acts is thanksgiving that we are called to cultivate an attitude of gratitude that has three movements, recognizing the gifts, recognizing the giver, and giving thanks. Colossians says we should be overflowing with thanksgiving like a sponge that is saturated with anything in this world touches us, thanksgiving naturally comes out. Then the S in Acts is supplication. And synonyms for supplication include plea, petition, prayer, request, entreaty. It means we bring all the stuff of life to God in our personal prayers and in our congregational worship. Paul wrote these amazing words in Philippians, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And we naturally understand that supplication is an integral part of our personal prayer life. So much of what we pray is coming to God asking for something for ourselves or for others. And it's also important in our congregational prayer life. Just a few moments ago, Reverend Jeff in the pastoral prayer lifted up a variety of needs and concerns within our congregation. Supplication recognizes that there is a basic givenness to life, that everything we have, we have received. And the theological term for that is grace. Grace is unmerited. It is undeserved. It's not something we have earned, but God gives it to us out of God's bountiful nature, mercy, and love. The Bible oftentimes portrays God as our heavenly Father who wants to richly bless his children But James tells us we do not receive because we don't ask. If you've ever been involved in a fundraising campaign in a church, a school, another nonprofit, those who are professionals in the field will talk about the importance of the ask. There comes a point when you have to look at a potential donor straight in the eyes and ask them to support the cause that you are championing. And not only to ask, but to ask boldly, 
to give that person the full opportunity to give generously to that cause. And by the way, if you haven't filled out your pledge cards for 2024, do it today. Jesus told a rather interesting parable in Luke chapter 11 in which a man has unexpected company arrive late at night. And he doesn't have enough food to feed them. And in the Middle East, hospitality is a sacred duty. So he rushes next door and... That hurt. Knocks on his neighbor's door and wakes him up and explains the situation and says, Can you give me some bread? Jesus compares and contrasts. He says... Even if the neighbor won't get up and help his friend because he's his friend, he will help him because of his, and here's the word often used in the translations, importunity. Importunity, that's that's probably a word you used just this past week in daily conversation, right? Importunity sometimes is translated as boldness, persistence, without shame. And Jesus compares and contrasts the grumpy neighbor to our gracious God. If a grumpy neighbor will get up and help someone because of the person's importunity, how much more will God bless us when we come in supplication and prayer? In another part of Luke, Jesus told another parable. He said, even you who are sinful parents... You know how to give good gifts to your children. If your child asks for a fish, you're not going to give them a serpent. If they ask for an egg, you're not going to give them a scorpion. And I suppose if you really use your imagination, perhaps a serpent could look like a fish in a net. Maybe a coiled-up scorpion could look like an egg in some straw. He said, if you as parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Does God want to give good gifts to us? When we come before God, we don't come to God who is indifferent to our needs, who measures out grace by a thimbleful. We serve a prodigal God with the riches of creation who wants to pour them into our lives. Romans says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how much more along with him will he graciously give to us in all things? You see, a supplication, first and foremost, is about God's nature. God who loves us, cares for us, wants the best for us. A God whose love cannot be measured by height, nor width, nor depth. It is beyond all understanding. However, supplication and prayer is also a human activity and responsibility. Remember again what James said, you don't receive because you do not ask. God's ever more ready to hear than we are to speak. And Jesus told his followers, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. And listen to the intensity of these verbs. Ask, to cry out, Petition, implore, request. To seek is to search, look, hunt, hunger. To knock is to pound, rap, shake the door. 
And when Jesus said these words, if you remember English 101, they are in the present perfect tense. It means to keep on asking, to keep on seeking, to keep on knocking. That that is part of our prayer life. And when we come to God in supplication and prayer, whether personally or corporately, come with a sense of preparation and expectation. If you pray for rain, take an umbrella. If you pray for sunshine, put on some sunblock. And that principle is illustrated in our scripture lesson today. If you ever had the opportunity to spend any time in First and Second Kings, they tell the stories of the ministries of the prophets Elijah and Elisha. That's not confusing at all. But the Second Kings account in chapter 4 is focusing upon Elijah's protege, Elisha. And one day, the Elisha, Elisha encounters the widow of a fellow prophet. And she comes to him distraught, saying, I have nothing, and creditors are about to come and enslave my sons. Can you help me? And Elisha asks, well, what do you have? And she says, in my house, I have one small jar of oil remaining. And Elisha gave her some really bizarre business advice. He said, send your sons, collect as many jars as you can, and then begin to pour the oil into them. And that's exactly what she does. And one jar gets filled up, and then a second and a third, and a fourth, and she finally gets to the point, she says to the son, give me the next container. She says, that's it. And the oil quits flowing. I want you to use your divine imaginations with that story for just a moment. Suppose when Elisha had said to the widow, go and gather all the jars, take that one little bottle of oil, and start to pour them in them, she thought to herself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. He is a prophet. I'm going to honor him. Son, go get a jar, bring it over, fill it, we'll fill it. She would have had one jar of oil. Take it to the other extreme. What if she said, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard of and sent her sons not only into their village but the surrounding villages and they collected cartons upon cartons and baskets upon baskets of jars. You got to believe in the context of the story, the oil would have kept on flowing until the final one was full. Now hear this caveat clearly, God is God. And God can do things in our life even when we're obstinate and stubborn and running away. But why not stack the deck and increase the odds by coming with expectation and preparation in God's presence? Compare and contrast that attitude of the widow to how we come to our personal devotions or how we walk into church on Sunday morning. Are we prayed up? Are we expectant? Are we looking for something to happen? Are we open to the Spirit stirring? Because when we are, God is waiting to act and to respond in our lives. Now, I will also remind you, when we come to God in prayer... We pray with that pesky little phrase that all of us uttered today in the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done. If I'm being real honest with you this morning, and most times I try to be in sermons, 
I don't always like praying that. I want my will to be done. Or when I come to God and say, your will be done, then I go on and say, and God, let me tell you what that probably ought to be and how you ought to do it and the timing in which it ought to be done. And I have to step back and remember God loves me beyond all imagination. God holds my life and the lives of others in his hands. And the act of prayer is an act of trust, of trusting all of those things to God. I'm also asked oftentimes as a pastor, and other pastors hear the same question, why didn't God answer my prayer? That's a tough one. Whether you're answering it for a five-year-old or a 50-year-old or a 90-year-old. And my response, standard response, that sounds simple to the point of being simplistic is, God does answer our prayers. It's just not always in the way we expect or want. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says wait. I've also noticed looking back on my own spiritual life that I'm so busy praying for the next thing that I don't even notice how God has acted in and through my prayers. I don't even say thank you because I'm on to the next thing that I want. And a more mature understanding of prayer recognizes that yes, prayer changes things, but first and last, prayer changes the prayer and abiding in God's presence and bringing the stuff of life before the Lord is a transformative act in and of itself. I've shared with some of you before that I've become more and more sensitized over the years that when we gather and worship and we encounter one another, we really operate on a superficial level. That our conversations typically are about sports, weather, current events, and we don't share the deepness of our lives. And I'll ask, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. And we go along, and every person here, every one of us, lives in a fallen world, and we are broken, and we are hurting, and we have needs for ourselves and needs for those we love, and we're called to share those with one another and to present them before God with importunity to ask and to seek and to knock. If you haven't memorized the passage, I encourage you to scribe upon your heart and upon your soul the words of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's a passage that when I awake in the middle of the night, oftentimes I recite word by word. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let us pray.
Almighty God, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to speak. And we do not have because we do not ask. And when we ask, we do not always ask wisely. So we bring all the stuff of life before your altar this day as we pray for ourselves, we pray for those we love, for our wider community of faith, and for our world. Lord, we ask, we seek, we knock, recognizing that in the asking and the seeking and the knocking, you are doing something transformative in our lives. Help us with trust to be able to say your will be done and know that you love us and keep us now and forever. In Christ's name we pray it. Amen.